People love a woman's beauty until she chooses to show it. Hello, my name is Lara Henderson, and you are listening to Space Between, a podcast that highlights emerging artists and interviews them once a year. In this episode, I talked to Iris Creamer, a 21-year-old multimedia artist living in Providence, Rhode Island. I really truly believe if there were like a huge door that like would unleash all the antidotes to the problem in the world, love would be the key to that door. In this episode, Iris talks about her newly released first album, Denim, and about her upcoming performance at 2017's Foo Fest. My name is Iris Creamer. I sometimes go by Creamer solely. Um, I'm a producer, singer, rapper, writer, um, graphic designer, fashion designer. (laughs) I'm sure I'll add a ton more to that list. Um, I'm from Providence, Rhode Island. I was born in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, Yeah, and so I'm just an artist in Providence who's been doing a few shows. Um, And I just released my first album ever called Denim. Can you tell us about the process of recording and self-releasing Denim? I had the idea for the album like two years ago when I first started like putting music out because it all came together pretty quickly. Um, And there were just a lot of things I couldn't get right. Like I couldn't, you know, certain lyrics weren't clicking for me. Like I wasn't feeling them. They didn't feel like too true to myself so I worked really hard to like make it exactly who I am or was at the time and um and also when I would go to the studios to like record them like I can like I visited many engineers and like a lot of them couldn't give me the sound I was looking for so that also had a lot to do with the setback of having not released the album when I initially had the idea and how did you solve that problem? I found a really good engineer. <laughs> One who could really like cater to my needs and really understand what I was saying. So I'd just be like, I, I want it to sound like, doom, doom, and he'd be like, okay, okay. It was, it was strange, but we had a good connection. Yeah. That's great that you knew to like take that time out and like wait until you felt that connection. Because I feel like sometimes, yeah, artists can rush mm-hmm. and like not have it come out the way that they wanted. Um, yeah. Are you... Has there been other times in your career where maybe like you did rush to get something out and then like regretted it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, denim, the only thing that really held it back was the mixing. Like I had cold announced it. I don't know how many times since the two years that I knew about it. I'm like, oh, denim coming March 2016. Like I announced it, I think like four times and thankfully no one has brought it up, but I definitely fucked up on that part. But also like my earliest music I rushed a lot of that like not the beats I put out four years ago but the first drops I made like two years ago um like BFF and um what else did I release like everything everything I released before the album besides Rebellion was very rushed I think I was just trying to prove myself as an artist when that's like something that I have to deal with on my own it's not like a social kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. and that's great that you like are able to have that inner dialogue now Mm, yeah I'm glad I found it for sure you had mentioned to me that you had a best friend growing up that wasn't supportive of your art could you tell us a little bit about that dynamic yeah um I used to like sing a lot 
before I made the beats. Like, and they would, they, she just said, she's like, you can't sing. Like, you need to stop singing. Like, and I'm, I'm sure she didn't know what kind of numbers she had done on me because a lot of the time, like, as humans, we just say some crazy shit and don't know how, who it's going to affect and how. And, um, yeah, so she told me that I couldn't sing, and so I stopped singing for, like, five years. And then I finally opened up those chords again, <laughs> like, when I was, like, 19. And I'm 21 now. Yeah. That's great. Congratulations. That's Thank huge. You. It's a victory. It's it's just so crazy. Like, since then, I'm always telling people, like, whoa, like, watch your mouth. Because, like, man, words really do hurt, like, and you just don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. Deep cuts if you're already, like, deep cut, and mm. then there's more deep cuts. It's just, like, the craziest kind of butcher. He's like, the pig's dead, but I'm going to keep killing. Yeah, words are crazy. <laughs> they are. Yeah. So one thing that you and I both have in common is that we were bullies as kids ourselves, mm. but a lot of that was in reaction to being bullied. Mm. Um, so could you talk a little bit about how you were bullied as a kid? Yeah, I... Like, I was raised for a good part of my teenagehood in Johnston, which is, like, very suburbs, all-white children. And so, I mean, automatically, like, I felt I was very self-conscious because they, like, my name is Auda, and, like, they would just call me anything they wanted. They completely disregarded my name. They'd call me, um, like, Outta Here and Oreo and, like, Odor, and it was just really, like, fucking gross. Um, and then I, on top of that, disrespect i also didn't have the silky ass blonde hair i don't have like what i thought was like this really amazing slender body type like and um it wasn't but like it wasn't like i got bullied in johnson that's just where i found insecurities and then when i moved to providence i people don't always say like i sounded like a white girl and like from there like my bullying automatically started um <clears throat> and yeah you know, the usual, you're ugly, stupid, fat, blah, 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 blah. And um, I think I really found my footing as a bully, like, after a few months of that. I was like, okay, like, this isn't going to happen, like. And I just started being rude as fuck after that, which I do not, like, commend at all. Like, that was really dumb that I thought that would kind of solve my own hurt. Um, but, yeah. And also just, like, media was always like selling like the rude girl as like the greatest and like the hottest and I think I really believed that and I would just feed into that like way too much and I was really awful to a lot of people who I who I have like I've I've really thought like I really sat down and thought of the people who I could have potentially hurt in a big way and I've reached out to each and every one of them since. So one thing you also had mentioned was that you felt pretty sexually liberated from a young age. Mm -hmm. um, is there ways that that's playing into your career now? Oh, absolutely. I was like the only one. <laughs> and so I'd always like, my friends would always be like very scared of their sexuality. And they'd be like, well, what are people going to say? And da, 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 da. And I was always just like, fuck that. Like do what you want. And I think that's literally like all my music is saying. Like it's telling women like do what you want as long as it's what you want you know like don't let anybody steer you the wrong way like follow your heart follow your mind 
and yeah i say a lot you got to do what you want to do when you want to do it wear what you want to wear when you want to wear it say anything that's on your mind at all times build some aspirations and follow your dreams that was really beautiful thank you yeah that's on the outro of the album called fish in the tank i uh definitely know that i've blasted that part a couple times (laughs) it's important yo (laughs) like i i had a friend help me out with the track listing um because i couldn't figure out you know what blended into what and he's like oh like do you really want to keep fish in the tank i'm like it's a declaration i'm like of course it has to be on the album (laughs) like I just think it's like a badge of like, I'm, I'm helping the world out. I'm helping the world. Do you want to play a clip of that song? Yeah, let's play that. The song is called Fish in the Tank and it's produced by me. You gotta wear what you want to wear when you want to wear it. Do what you want to do when you want to do it. Say anything that's on your mind at all times. Build some aspirations and go follow your dreams. Yeah. A lot of the people that I know in this community that are really hurting right now, like those are like the words that I feel like are very like healing to their souls as well. You know, like oh it feels God. like pretty far reaching. That's amazing. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> like I haven't gotten a lot of feedback on the album, but like it would be amazing if people could just tell me how it made them feel. That's all I want to know. Through my music, I really want to make a crazy impact on the world, you know? Or at least one person, like, one person could lead to 10, could lead to 20, could lead to generations. And it's like, I just want to change one thing. Just one, at the very least. So one of the things I find really interesting about your career is that you're very DIY and you seem to have your hands in everything, whether it be, like, graphics or, like, the visual language that you're using on social media, all these kinds of things. Could you talk a little bit about, like, being this renaissance person and making art in this DIY way? You're giving me the biggest fucking head. <laughs> but I, I'm just trying. <laughs> I'm trying, you I just don't want to depend on anyone. Like, I want to be a jack of all trades so then I could teach people I love the same thing. And I'm I'm really just trying. Is that how you've always been? Like, have you always just, like, wanted to learn everything and do all the things? I don't know. I I really don't. Because I was really, really focused on acting. Like, I swore to God I was just going to blow up, like, as an actor. And, like, that completely just switched. And I'm in this music thing now. And, like, this is where I'm learning a lot of this do-it-yourself kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. The only thing that I can say that I've always been doing is designing, like, fashion. Like, whether it be chokers or a bag or, like, fucking with my jeans or switching something up fashion-wise. I've always done that. Um, but I kind of just learned this graphic stuff, like, on the way and as well as everything else. How important is community to you? Like community is so important and having people to like give you that extra push because it's so easy to just want to give up on stuff like when you don't get it right. Like I tr- I was going to give up on denim like twice. Like it's it's so easy. So it's definitely important to have like those people around you who keep who try to keep you going and so one thing that's uh, changed with your involvement with AS220 is you're collaborating with different artists now. So could you talk a little bit about um, some of the collaborations you've been working on lately? I've been collaborating with Mr. Pooh. They've been helping me explore a lot of different art forms. Screen printing, we're currently designing a bra together or a few bras for some performances. Josh has also actually helped me screen print in the past. And 
Norlin also, DJ Cathawk. But I definitely like to collab with a lot more people in the future. And you're doing a poster with Jacqueline? Or? Oh, yes, absolutely. Sorry, that's so brand new. Um, yeah, um, Jacqueline approached me recently. She's trying to help me make some merch posters and um, maybe some t-shirts. I just don't know if they'll be done by Foo Fest. That should be really fun. <laughs> So it seems like you're kind of like breaking into the visual arts and like performance art worlds a little bit more in the future. Is that something you see yourself like developing more and more? I feel like I don't think that much. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm just like, okay, we have plans. I'm going to go do that. But now that you say that, like, I guess I really have been all up in the visual arts community, you know, making friends. And it's just really great. Like, I would love to like take a little bit of, each of the friends that I've met, like, they're all so cool. Like, whether it's, like, um, like some kind of video kind of thing or, like, literal, literal visual arts where it's, like, painting, you know, the screen printing. Like, everyone's so talented. And, like, to just learn just a little bit of everybody's craft and, like, have that with me would be really cool. I'm, like, I'm really actually happy that DIY is such a thing now because I don't know if I could really progress if it weren't. Like, if I had to, like, rely on, like, people who are, like, quote-unquote professionals to, like, do my graphics or whatever else, I'm just, like, what I – I don't think I would really want to do that, you know? So tell us about the process of picking the name Iris Creamer. So the Iris part runs really deep. Like, in my culture, I'm Dominican, um, and my given name is Aura, and so – very likely if your name is Aura, then like your middle name is Iris or as said in Spanish, Iris. Um, but that's not my case. My middle name is not Iris, but um, a lot of my friends would call me, you know, Aura Iris, Aura Iris. And like it kind of stuck and it was like my social handle for a really long time. Um, and then I also just like when I found confidence in myself, it started with my eyes and I was like obsessed with my eyes. And like when I met people or when I would see my friends, I'm like, wow, like eyes are like crazy. So then I like found this crazy infatuation with irises. Um, and then thereafter, I began to photograph a lot of things. And so I was really thankful for being able to like have the ability to see the beauty in the world. And then finally, like, was really happy to be able to like perceive as well like I think that kind of has to do with like viewing and so iris is just like where my whole heart lies just being able to like see and experience like beauty and not just visual beauty like of all forms you know and then creamer is just a sexual reference that's all (laughs) you mentioned to me once that listening is something that you hope to get good at by the time you're 30 oh my god yes do you want to talk a little bit about that? I'm just such a bad listener and it's so rude. Like I hate it so much. I just I really want to be able to like really hear what someone's saying, you know? Especially because like we all cross paths for like certain reasons and it's just like I just don't want to miss anything that God's giving me, you know? And so, yeah, I need to be a better listener like right away. Yeah. It's a hard skill. It's crazy hard. I don't like I've met people who are really good at it. And I'm like so envious because I'm like, how? Teach me. (laughs) But it's yeah, it's very important to me to be able to listen to what anyone's saying, because 
like why would I not and um yeah I want to be a better listener hopefully by I hopefully a master listener by the time I'm 30 like you said yeah I think that's achievable I hope so I think honestly just saying you want to be a master listener is probably like 80 percent of being a master listener <laughs> I mean I'm I'm putting like the little steps into it so I hope that pays off you know like I, I want the I want to make that difference so yeah. So you're making art during the time of the Trump administration. And I think that there's a lot of shifting responsibilities about what it means to be making art right now and what it means to be a carrier of culture in your community. Mm. And it seems like that's a responsibility that you do take very seriously. And I feel like you're addressing in your latest album. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the responsibilities of an artist in 2017? I mean, it depends what kind of heart the artist has I think a lot of people I mean I don't know like if I'm talking to musicians there are like a lot of musicians with crazy platforms who like don't say anything at all like release like music to party to but don't feed your mind on or off of the stage there are musicians who like you know have music for you to party to on stage and then off stage they're like real political figures and it just it just depends what your interests are for your audience like I personally feel like if you're gonna have a platform then you need to feed the minds and the hearts of the people who are paying attention to you and you need to be kind and you like and you just need to make it aware like personally I just feel like it's my job to make people aware that like love is it and we need to practice it more and like I wish it could I could say that was an easy thing, but it's very hard. Like, I can still be, like, very rough to a lot of people. And, like, I just want to practice more love. Like, I know this is the key, but I know it's hard to dish out. And so I don't expect anyone to just be a master. But I at least want to make it known that I feel like this is what we need in the world, at the very least. Mm -hmm. And it's strange to me that people are resistant to it. I mean, I think we've been taught to be scared of love. I know I'm, like, scared shitless. I'm like, a dude better not come around and fuck my shit up right now, you know? But it's like, no, like, we we all deserve, like, a companion who really wants to see us progress and vice versa. We all deserve to, like, take care of each other this way. And not even just, like, a partner, but, like, in friendship, in, in like, with your mom, with your dad, with whomever is in your life constantly like just make the effort you know yeah more kindness and it's really hard to do for sure but we got to try because we're all we're being taught is hate and it's like more hate more hate let's spread more hate like no that's not how it should be yeah and what I've found, too, is, like, accepting that love in. It's kind of like strengthening a muscle. Like, at first, mm -hmm. you're just like, this is no good. I'm never going to be good at this. And then you're like, no, wait, it's getting a little easier. I think that I can actually do this now. Yeah. Do you find that, too? I I do. I do, and then I lose it. Because I, myself, I have a really hard time with love, but I really want it in each and every aspect and relationship in my life. But I do feel like once once you like really accept it from whomever like you're just like okay like it doesn't have to be this hard I don't have to 
be this distrustful. Yeah. It's such a mushy topic, but it's the most important one. I mean, for me, it's like the solver of the puzzle. Like, I really, truly believe if there were, like, a huge door that, like, would unleash all the antidotes to the problem in the world, love would be the key to that door. And, um, I don't know. It's, like, it's strange because, like, you know, as a black woman, I feel like I'm just, like, I'm just learning about, like, all of this oppression and like I feel a lot of hate towards people who aren't of color sometimes but it's I feel like it's that's not the way at all like I said like love is like the key like I don't know why like personally for me it feels like a lot of times we try to separate ourselves from everybody else and I've done this too it's not like I'm like blameless but it's like we should really all be together like as humans you know and um, I don't know, man. It's it's just, there's just so much going on in the world, and I really don't know what to think of it. Like I have my opinions on this and that, and what's right and wrong, and it just seems like united. Like if we really just all dropped all judgment and we were just united, like everything would be great. So you had expressed interest in being a street artist, but then had to pull back. I know. What if it gets really dramatic because I'm a black woman and they're just like, you're going to jail. And I'm like, my career is budding right now. I can't afford that. As a woman of color, what disadvantages do you face? I mean, as a woman of color, I definitely face a lot of like unfair trials. Like I've definitely had my share of shitty things. Um, But also as a woman in general, it sucks that we have to be like so like you know like ugh, like legs closed sitting like a lady in order to like keep our like professionalism it's fucking whack why can't i be wild i want to be like a jackrabbit but still keep all my respect you know more more women who want to go off but don't want to lose the respect they've got hit us up <laughs> And I know there's been other times this year that you've had to self-edit, make some changes. How do you stay true to yourself as an artist and how do you know when it is too much? I just imagine there will always be eyes on me from like any age. Like I think that's just what it is to be an artist of any sort. And so it's just like when would I actually be able to like be myself then? When would I actually be able to wear what I want to wear? Like I just don't know where there would be a break for me. And so it seems central to your mission. I mean, it's worked into your lyrics. Yeah, it's it definitely is. And it's also just like, I just think it's fair. Like if someone wants to do something, then let them do it. Like people love a woman's beauty until she chooses to show it. Like when she's not ashamed or like scared of what people are gonna say it's just like oh she's a danger she needs to be put away but like I I think that anybody who like doesn't compromise or anybody who dares to be themselves and like not hide is faced with a lot of opposition and a lot of people projecting their own shortcomings and insecurities onto that person a lot of the world is made up of like people who just couldn't take the risk and we're too scared so this year you are performing at foo fest Mm -hmm. august 12th at 3 30 the indoor stage yes um could you tell us what we can expect for that set um yeah 
that should be really great i'm really excited about foo fest um my friend norlin is going to be or he he goes by dj cat hawk he's gonna be djing the set and like we just have some really cool vibes and um yeah so i think that'll be really nice so do you have goals that are a year out i know you mentioned that you don't tend to think about things like too much in the day-to-day but like is there kind of like a a mark that you're working towards or a goal that you have next um my goals are to by next summer probably release another album same date um just to honor my father and also i want to play like a lot of festivals i really want to play festivals i feel like outdoor um shows really do a number on me because i'm such like a humanitarian or that's not even the fucking word i'm an environmentalist i love like the breeze and I love bugs and I just like being outdoors it really does something to me and um I just want to be able to share my craft in that setting much more often so yeah I hope I get some festivals so also too you know when you come back in a year if those goals have changed or shifted that's cool too I won't hold you to any of it (laughs) yeah thank you please don't life changes so fast you never know it does change so fast yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and talk. Thank you for having me, Laura. You're welcome. At the space between. I'm a bad bitch, don't you forget it. Uh huh, a real chick, don't you forget it. Yup, a fly miss, don't you forget it. Don't try me, I'm bugging you regret it. I'm a bad bitch, don't you forget it. Uh huh, a real chick, don't you forget it. All music featured is from Iris's newly released debut album, Denim, available on all major streaming platforms. You can find out more about Iris and upcoming tour dates at soundcloud.com backslash iriscreamer. This episode was recorded on Friday, July 28, 2017 at AS220 Media Arts. Produced by Lara Henderson and Iris Creamer. Special thanks to AS220 for making all of this possible. You can support this podcast at patreon.com backslash Lara Henderson. Thank you very much.